welcome to Drafting the Dregs, uh, where you'll get to hear all things Draft Fantasy EPL. Um, my name is Isaac. We meet again. We've got Dave, we've got Mick, and we've got Gilby with us. Um, all really keen to discuss their game weeks in our particular league, and uh, we will be able to talk a little bit about the games, the players that we like or don't like, how our squads are going, what we're looking forward to for next game week as well, and uh, maybe what changes we might be making for some of our, our game week squads too. So a lot to talk about. But I thought considering last time around we didn't actually talk about the name of the podcast, Drafting the Dregs, I thought it might be a good idea to talk about where that came from. Um, now, Dave actually came up with that name when we were workshopping a few. So, Dave, what does that name mean to you? Where did it come from and why did we run with it? Yeah, so we were throwing around a few different uh, options here and there. Uh, big fan of alliteration, so the double D thing uh, rolls off the tongue nicely. But uh, we mentioned it last last time that we've been doing this for a few years now and we've had a few different iterations of how we do it. So uh, we started off with the official um, FPL scoring system head-to-head. We moved um, into our own curated spreadsheet, which uh, we used to suck in the scores, but it allowed us to increase our squad sizes. Um, We then moved on and we've tried the Fantrax scoring system now we're back on using the official FPL draft site, so back down to squad sizes of 15. Um, but, yeah, we previously had squads of 22 players, and when you've got eight of us and you've all got to pick squads of 22, quite often towards the end of your uh, your draft night, you are scrounging around for those players who are going to hopefully regularly pick you up two points and... You might get lucky and get three points from here or there. Uh, it also led to quite a, a big opportunity for people to speculate on um, rumour transfers because obviously the window's not closed yet and in past years has still been open. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it came from. Sounded good. We had nothing better, so we ran with it. Absolutely, and speculate's your middle name, Dave. Can you... I don't know if you can recall one of your best speculations in those later rounds. If not, that's okay. But I've pulled up uh, last year's draft, and that's the last year that we did the 22 draft picks. And I do know that your last draft pick was Ivanovic, which, um, Mick, how did that actually turn out? Can you can you recall how that pick would have turned out for Dave, considering he was a, a West Brom player? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was a... Picked because of the nationality of our manager at the time, and I think the manager didn't uh, make it. Maybe, maybe made it to Christmas, but uh, barely. So, I mean, when you're signing a what 35, 36 year old, it's uh, doesn't usually end that well. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure from memory, we're pretty defensively solid, weren't we? Yeah, he, he scored a few points for me, but it was even worse than that. Um, yeah, as you say, speculative. Um, last pick of the night nothing to lose. It was a player I wasn't planning on playing um, in my run-ons 11 uh, very often, if at all. But at the time, he hadn't even signed for West Brom. It was all just rumours. So, yeah, um, he played a few games here and there, but 
yeah, nothing to write home about, that's for sure. I'd usually find as well in those last few rounds when we had the 22 players that it was ripe for picking goalkeepers for one. Lots of goalkeepers would go at that point in time. And, you know, you're only picking two goalkeepers, so generally you've got some fairly decent options to, to go from. But there were sometimes some gems as well in those last few rounds. Like I was looking here, and Dave, you picked up Shaw with your 19th pick last year. Now, that's pretty good value for money right there. That's that's pretty decent. And considering you picked up Samata as your 14th pick, uh, I would say that going down to 19th and being able to pick up someone like Shaw is pretty decent. So, you know, uh, diamonds and rocks most definitely as you're getting down to those picks, Dave. Diamonds and rocks. Yeah, with Shaw, though, he was definitely out of favour and I'm pretty sure he was coming back from an injury cloud as well. So, um, yeah, I was lucky enough that everyone else was staying away from him. Uh, again, I mean, to pick him up that that far down in the draft is incredible, um, but it wasn't without risk. And I'm really keen, if we can get Nathan on the show, there's a good bit of trivia around Nathan and, and his um, first and last picks from past drafts. So that'll be a, a good chat to have if we can actually uh, coax him onto the podcast. We'll see how we get on. Um, so let's get stuck in. Let's have a chat about the very first game week of the season. Um, I know that I was really keen to watch as many of the games as I could. Um even just highlights, you know, whatever it was, it was great to have football back. It was great to have fans in the stands. I think that made a big difference. I think the majority of home teams were able to get up over the course of the game week, which was good. Um, Brentford Arsenal was the very first one to kick off 2 0 to Brentford, the newbies in the league. Um, I think a lot of people actually picked that Brentford would get up um, considering it was a new stadium um, that their fans had never been to. So a lot of factors that went towards Brentford there. Um, I was I watched the game. Um, it was a it was a, a decent, decent game for Brentford. They played really, really well. Arsenal looked like Arsenal sort of looked midway through last year, pretty pretty dull. Um, and the only bright spark for Arsenal being Tierney, uh, which is a, a Mick player. Um are you pretty happy with his performance there, Mick, considering he was on a losing side? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like I said, he's an attacking fullback. I think they're, he's one of those wingbacks from, I think I said it in the last one, but he played higher than their left winger um, in average position. So he definitely gets up there. He takes a few set pieces as well. So hopefully he can chip in with a, a bit of, a, I guess, an assist here or there. You never know, possibly even a goal maybe as well. Um, he's a... Uh, Looks like it could be the goods, um, maybe against a, not a powerhouse like Brentford next time, uh, but maybe against some of those uh, lower table teams. Yeah, fair enough. And, and Gil, were you pretty happy to see Arsenal uh, sort of uh, succumb to the newbies? No, well, I was really um, hoping that one of my key draft picks or Bamiyang would actually start well and actually start playing. <laughs> he should have played, but... Uh, to not even play because of illness. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm really hoping that the links I've seen to Barcelona don't pan out, although I'm not sure how Barcelona could afford anyone other than a dishrag at the moment. So I'm not sure how that's going to happen. But 
I'm really hoping that my Bamiang pick actually turns out to be useful. And just for those people listening in, uh, illness came along with some air quotations. So uh, there's obviously a few things going on there. Dave, what do you, what do you reckon? Were you surprised by that? About Obama Young not playing? Not at all. I had him last year and he was painful, uh, to say the least. Um, I think, yeah, last time we recorded our first show, I did mention that, you know, he's he's got so much potential. But, yeah, he hurt me last year and for that he shall uh, never be forgiven. Um, but, yeah, as far as I was concerned, obviously, like you said, great to have football back um, on telly and great to have fans in the stands for me personally I was interested in um, Tony uh, Saka and see how White would go the new Arsenal defensive signing um, there in my side uh, didn't really get many points out of any of them however I will say that I was glad to see that uh, Saka actually did come on in the second half obviously he had a big uh, off-season not only on the field, but there was plenty of it um, going on off the field as well. Um, so to see that he was involved in the first game of the season was a pleasant surprise. Um, in terms of Tony, so a lot of people have been picking him up in the regular um, FPL game. Obviously, he's a cheap forward, had a great ch- uh, year in the championship. And whilst he didn't score or get any attacking returns uh, in that game, I thought he played great and he was possibly... Um, close to Brentford's best player on the park. He was in everything, had everything except that final goal. So, yeah, really excited by him, even though he only got me the two points. Um, pretty impressed with um, his strike partner up front, Mbwemo. He was he was impressive. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Tony's goals will come. Absolutely. You can just see that quality that he has. Um, and I, Brentford are going to play a really attractive style of football which you know is always good to see especially you know when you've got teams like Burnley and shall I say even Crystal Palace you know who are uh, at least in the last few years quite predictable about how they play and quite dull in 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 patches so that will be good look Gilby was a bit disappointed with uh, some of his Arsenal people but I'm sure he was pretty happy with uh, Man United winning 5-1 over Leeds um I was pretty certain that was going to be a cracker of a game and it definitely lived up to it. It was a bit more one-sided than I thought it would be, but Gilby, were you thinking that it might be, there might be a few more goals either side for both teams or were you pretty sure, man, you would come away with that one? Well, I mean, the really good thing I like about um, Bielsa um, is his teams are always great to watch, whether they win or lose. And I knew that they would um, come to... Old Trafford and still play their style. Um, so that was really good to see. Um, and Well, I mean, good for Manchester United because what we've really struggled against is a low block where teams come and just park the bus and hit us on the counter. And we look pretty vulnerable to that and breaking down a low block, something we've always struggled with. Um, so it probably did suit us in the end that it was an open match, uh, which tends to suit Pogba, particularly Fernandez, obviously. Um Obviously, Fernandez being my first draft pick and first overall pick of the draft, really good to see um, him hit the back of the net three times and Pogba get four assists. Um, whether or not that's going to happen again, because I think Dave said last time <laughs> four assists is more than he got in the entire season last time, and I think he was actually in Dave's team. So, um, yeah, we'll see. 
No, I didn't have him. I may have had him at some stage, but I don't. I definitely didn't draft him. Um, but yeah, I I can't see him carrying that form through, and I kind of hope he doesn't because I don't have him. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, if uh, Fernandez keeps on this trajectory, Gilby's going to be pretty hard to catch. So. We'll just have to keep uh, an eye on that. But really good game and uh, no doubt that both teams will do well during the season. Uh, we'll go quickly through a, a couple that happened on the Sunday. So uh, Burnley-Brighton, uh, I did watch a, a fair bit of this game and Burnley were pretty poor. Brighton were actually even worse in the first half and their only saving grace uh, Burnley's only saving grace was the fact that Brighton were absolutely horrid at set pieces. Um, and, you know, when when uh, corner kicks were coming in, they were just horrendous. They did very little to to stop those attacking threats of, of those Burnley big men. So that's how they got their goal. But then second half, Brighton turned it around. I think they changed their formation to three at the back, uh, play more the style that they're used to playing. And that really worked. Their subs came on, worked really well for them. Um, they do have a good team. A lot of people are, you know, pretty confident they're going to stay up. Um, they haven't really added to their squad that much. But, you know, I think there's potential for maybe some players to do quite well there at Brighton. Um, and there's a, probably a fair few Brighton players that none of us have actually picked up in our squads who could become quite valuable, um, especially considering Brighton's games and fixtures the next few weeks are pretty good. So that'll definitely be one to watch. Um, and I don't know if there's much more to say about that, boys. Um, you know, I think we can somewhat expect that result. Um, if I move on to Chelsea Crystal Palace, I'll talk about this one. I was not surprised by that result. We've had a Crystal Palace had a big change in their squad um, over the course of this transfer period. Change of manager as well. He's trying to change the style of play. Last time we tried that with Frank De Boer's did not work well, and he got the sack after four games. So. I think that it's going to take a bit of time. And the fact that we're versing Chelsea, who is a top three team, who are going to keep the ball and are going to make it very difficult for uh, a new, basically a new team to play a style that they want to play, is just never going to happen. So we didn't even have a shot, I don't think, until the 53rd minute. So, you know, I was expecting that result. Am I unhappy with the result? Absolutely. But, you know, I think that, if the fixtures get a bit better, which they actually don't for a while for Crystal Palace, we might then start to see what Vieira's team will be looking like. So it'll just take a bit of time. Um, Dave, are you pretty happy that, that Palace failed, given that you're a, a massive Watchers fan and, you know, big rivals there? Yeah, well, you know, you guys did beat us in the uh, playoff final a few <laughs> years ago. So, you know, I'm... I'm Big on holding a grudge, um, but no, I think when I think about not so much the game, but Palace's situation, none of us expect them to be fighting for the title. You know, Leicester happened, so anything can happen. Um, and Leicester and, lost their first game of the season too when they won the title. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and I think we're probably all thinking that you're definitely bottom half. Um, but what I will say is unlike De Boer, Vieira's got skin in the league. He's He's got a bit of cred. So it's a results-based um, business. But if you are going to give someone a little bit of time, 
then you know he's he's got history in the league, yeah. well respected as a player, not so much as a manager. Um, but yeah, hope hopefully for his sake that bides him a little bit of time if indeed he needs it. No, absolutely. I think that's uh, spot on. So fingers crossed it gets a little bit better for us. Um, Everton Southampton, 3-1 to Everton. Um, I think it was quite surprising uh, that they started with their two forwards. I wasn't expecting Richarlison to play, considering he'd just come back from... um, come back from playing two comp- two different competitions in his off-season. So uh, I think all in all, they're definitely getting the service to their forwards in the right way. Townsend, who came from Crystal Palace, is you know definitely one to get the, the crosses into the box. Uh, and Southampton have been selling off their players left, right and centre. I'm surprised they're, you know, even scored a goal, to be fair. So I think it's going to be pretty tough for them this year. Um Dave, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Are you thinking that uh, Everton could go on for a good season? Uh, not particularly, no. Um, I just wanted to, you know, make the point that it was two good old Watford boys that uh, got on the score sheet for Everton in Richarlison and Decore. Sure, they both uh, made it quite well known that they wanted out of Watford, but, you know, when they do well, we still claim them. Lovely. Uh, Mick, did any West Brom, former West Brom players, get on the this score sheet over the weekend in the EPL or no? Uh, in the EPL, did they? I don't, I don't know. You, um, you tell don't me. Know. Maybe players. Lukaku will this weekend. Maybe that's a good segue. Uh, actually, we're already talking about Chelsea. So I think Dan gets Chelsea this week. Uh, Lukaku, sorry. So um, great segue, Isaac. Good good work. Uh, that's why you're the host here. Oh, um, but yeah, I just love hearing I mean, you talk Lukaku's about West Brom. A chance too, but apart from that, Hey, hey, we won 4 0 this weekend. Uh, or this morning, oh, I should say. So. Sorry, we're, we're talking about um, the Premier League. So, sorry, we'll just cut you there. Uh, let's move on to a pre- another Premier League game, Mick. Um, look, we've got a few here Leicester, Leicester versus Wolves, 1 0 to Leicester. Um, Wolves, who have lost their manager, who will probably go through a little bit of change there, got their main striker back now in. in Jimenez, which is good. Uh, Leicester, who have put pretty good additions into their squad over the off-season and are going to be challenging, you know, for a top-five spot again, which I think is good. Mick, what what do you reckon? Do you think Leicester have what it takes this season to actually get in the Champions League? Champions League might be a bit of a push, but, I mean, that result, I think probably almost... It's Leicester back to the Leicester way they won a couple of years ago. Um I actually think probably Wolves probably had more chances in that game. From what I've seen, like I'm a bit of a stats guy, um, XG, Wolves should have won that game. They had better chances. And if you've seen the highlights, that finish from Vardy, he misses that 99 more times out of the next 100. So I think that's one of those where Jamie Vardy did what Jamie Vardy does, um, scored a goal he had no right to score. Um, And I guess probably the alternate happened where Jimenez, um, did he start? I don't actually know if he started and I doubt he did. Um, but I, think I mean, they probably have, don't have it. Did not, he start? I think he may have. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I, th- I thought he may have. Um, yeah, he did. He actually played 90 minutes. So, I mean, out of out of um, match practice, doesn't have that, I guess, match fitness, that edge that he normally would. Um, I reckon nothing to worry about really with Wolves. A 1-0 to Leicester, who they're always strong. Um, they'll put away those chances in future weeks. Nothing really to worry about, I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. And, 
you know, one thing we know about Vardy, he's going to perform the first half of the season and uh, potentially drop off like he has the last couple. So while he's, while he's going and going well, you may as well start him up top and let him do what he does best. Uh, Gilby, what do you, what do you think is uh, Leicester, are they likely or, you know, is this, uh, is, is this something we should be prepared for Leicester getting in the top four? I don't think I'm going to agree with Mick. I don't think Ooh. they'll Champions League. I think the rest of the traditional big, well, at least probably four, maybe, maybe you could go to big six. I think they've all strengthened um, uh, really well. Um, but Leicester um, have their structure that they've played, as Mick was saying. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, I rate as a manager. Uh, their team's a quality team. What I was interested in, like fantasy points wise, is um, our old friend Ricardo Pereira mm. um, points and played the full 90 and delivered the cross for Vardy's goal. Um, the other interesting thing, a lot of people like their Leicester defenders um, for fantasy points. And I saw that they've actually brought in Vestergaard from Southampton this week. So, how that impacts Johnny Evans and one of my guys, Suyutsu. Um, that's going to be something for everyone to keep an eye on as to who starts in their defence from now on. Yeah, absolutely. And for me as well, I've got uh, Barnes and Ineacho as well. So I'm a bit interested to see if the formation changes to allow those two to play together, if they can play two forwards plus Barnes somewhere. I don't. I just don't know. They might rotate. And then for me, it's the question is, well, is it, have, is it worth me having both of them? Or do I have to go for where I'm going to get some more consistent points? So that's the big thing for me um, that I'll be looking at as well over the the course of the next sort of three or four game weeks. Both quality players, but will both be able to score me the points that I would like? We'll we'll wait and see. Um, Harvey Barnes just signed on till the end of 2025, I think. So, yeah, yeah, there's... There's some intent from Leicester there, so he's. I would expect him um, to be fairly entrenched in that side, not, maybe not getting all the minutes all the weeks, uh, but, yeah, definitely a big part of the plans moving forward. Yeah, and everyone's... I don't know, he was from the left, and Madison was in the hole number 10, and Ayose Perez, that no one's actually picked up so far, uh, was attacking from the right. So that was a bit of an interesting one as to which position they play, and as Isaac was saying, is which, which formation they go through. Um, according to what I've just been looking at, it was a 4-2-3-1, at least for most of the match. So again, as to whether or not they stay with that, I don't know. And the thing is, all the pundits are saying that Ian Archo is going to be the one to replace Vardy, you know, that he's he's the the one that's going to be there when when Vardy eventually starts to, to wind down. It's just a matter of, because he looked so good last at the end of last year, if the results aren't going their way, does Brendan Rodgers then say, okay, I need to bring him back in, start him more consistently? It'll just be really interesting to see, yeah, how, how that formation changes over time. Well, just looking at their subs um, that they made during the match, um, they brought off Harvey Barnes in the 72nd minute uh, for I had Nacho, mm. and I'm sure they then went to a 4-4-2 and played I had Nacho off Vardy. Um, I have, I didn't actually see the full match, so I'm assuming that's what happened. But the other two subs, Madison and Perez, were both subbed in the 62nd minute, one for Vestergaard and one for Samare, the midfielder. So uh, like he's shown that he's willing to change the formation, 
And if Ryan Archer hits a, a good run of form like before, um, then that's something you could probably look at. No, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see how it progresses. It'll be interesting to see. I'm just hoping both my assets continue playing and picking up points, really. That's what it boils down to. Um, now, now, Dave, I know you're really keen to talk about this result, but I also saw just before we started uh, chatting to you on the podcast that there is a new signing for Watford as well. I'm sure you're across that. So maybe quickly just talk about that and then let's go into the game because all the pundits are saying Watford are going down this year. Uh, but they came away with a win. So, hey, let's let's chat about it. Yeah, I mean, we love it when the pundits write us off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're probably the same as a Palace fan. You bring it on. Um, Every year. New signing. So, Turkish international Ozan Tufan is a midfielder from Fenerbahce. Um, it is only a loan deal with an option to buy. Um, don't know anything about him other than he's played 63 internationals for Turkey. Um, and the only other thing I'll say is midfielders are where we needed strengthening. So uh, in terms of the game against Villa, I did not expect us to win. I thought we were going to uh, struggle. We've signed 8,493 strikers and I had no idea which of them was going to start the game. Um, really happy with the signings that did play. So Dennis scored a goal after 10 minutes. Um, Hernandez scored an absolute screamer, cutting in from the left onto his right foot. And yeah, just from outside the box, I think it first touch inside 45 seconds after coming on. But yeah, half time uh, wasn't great for us. We were leading 2-0. And yeah, after the half time break, um, Villa did come back into it. But we were never really a threat of losing that game in the second half. Uh, the score flatters them slightly, but one of their goals was in the 97th minute. So, yeah, fairly comfortable, surprisingly comfortable, and, yeah, definitely positives to look forward. Um, for Watford as a fan, maybe not so much in terms of fantasy and fantasy points, Um Ishmael Saar scored. He'll do that. Um, the only other person that I want to make mention of, uh, another one of our new signings was um, Kucha, number three, 33, big Slovakian in the middle of the field. Played great. Very aggressive. Was in everything. Um, bossing the midfield. But he did get injured and went off in the second half. So... Yeah, not sure the extent of his injury there. Um, but yeah, definitely one that I'm looking forward to watching. Very nice. And uh, I, I know Gilby has a bit of a question, but the only question I had was to Dave, who the hell is Dennis? And why is he starting above your other 15,000 forwards that you have in, in the EPL game at the moment? What what, what makes him the, the best choice? Any ideas? Uh, the only thing I can say, uh, or two things I'll say. One, I don't really know why he was the chosen one <laughs> other than my second point, which was to say we've pretty much tried literally everyone else <laughs> and there was no real consistency other than Ishmael Asar out on the right. Um, Deanie's you know, club legend, but he's getting very long in the tooth, very slow, 
um, you know, we're all Aussies, so we know the great man, uh, Mark Viduka, and he playing a very similar role, although personally I think Viduka did it better. Um, although neither of... Yeah, Dini can definitely score penalties, though, which Viduka wasn't great at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Dennis, he, he got the chance. He made it count. And it's going to be hard for um, Cisco to drop him now that he's scored the goal. So let, let's see what he does. Gilby, are you looking forward to the roller coaster that is Watford this season? Well, I was just going to ask um, Dave. I know he had serious questions on me picking up Saar before the <laughs> season. And I'm still the only manager with a Watford player in my squad. Is Dave looking at any Watford player? Does he think any Watford player is worthy of a transfer this week? Uh, I said it in our first episode that the only one that I can see being a regular point scorer for us is Saar. Definitely excited by Dennis. So, um, yeah, I'll keep my eye on him, that's for sure. Uh, the other one that's a little bit left field is our goalkeeper up until about three quarters of the way through last season uh, was Ben Foster, nailed on, great keeper. Uh, but he has been um, usurped by uh, Daniel Backman. And he was at the Euros and did really well. He seems to have nailed down that spot. Um, so... Yeah, I'll keep an eye on him as well. Um, but, you know, what is, what's the saying? One, one swallow doesn't make a summer or something? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's one good result. Definitely stoked that we got up over Villa. But, yeah, I'm not booking us in for a trip to Europe just yet. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Look, we'll, we'll move on to uh, the next game being Liverpool. And Norwich, Norwich at home, coming back up after a year away. Um, look, I, I don't think that anyone would have predicted anything less than 3-0 win to Liverpool, to be fair. Uh, Liverpool looked like they were always going to win that game and they've got the quality to do so. My perspective, a bit disappointed, Mane didn't really uh, trouble the score sheet. He's uh, was my first pickup, so that was a bit disappointing. But there's going to be plenty of opportunities across the season. Salah didn't want to be outdone by Fernandez by the look of it. So he had a cracker, got a couple of assists, which, you know, generally speaking, he's a goal machine, not really laying things off for other people to score. So that was good to see. Uh, but, you know, I don't think there was too much that we wouldn't expect there. Mick, did you see anything that was uh, unexpected for you? I just saw some of the highlights and I think uh, Premier League does pretty good putting out like the goals of the week, but saw the saves of the week as well. And I don't know if you saw the triple save by Allison, but I mean, yes, it's 3-0 and that's what Liverpool always does to Norwich, but it could well have got rid of that clean sheet. Allison did, I don't know how he kept that out. Um, And then he ended up just to finish. It wasn't even like he held it. He just ended up slapping it away and just, it fell luckily. But I think that definitely maybe even flattered Liverpool. Um, I mean, some of the goals were pretty good and Salah was probably a little bit less selfish than he normally is. So maybe he's turned a corner here because I think he almost expected to assist as many as he would have scored. So good for Mane, Mane, maybe. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe not. But maybe that makes Firmino a better prospect. Um, But yeah, I think um, 
just yeah, Allison, some of Allison's saves there um, to keep out Norwich. Just Norwich could have had a goal and maybe they're not as bad as the 3-0 is. Maybe it's worth looking into some of their players. Yeah, look, Dave could have had Allison too. We spoke about that last uh, last podcast. Gilby, what do you think, mate? What are you uh, are you impressed by their display or are you still happy with your Fernandez pick? I'm still always going to take a Man United player over a Liverpool player if it's a fairly close call any day of the week. Um, but what I was interested in was uh, Liverpool's team selection for their first round because I was looking at it and they actually started with Jota up front uh, rather than Firmino. So, I mean, you could probably argue that that may change given that Firmino is uh, had the Copa. Um, he came back a bit late and he did come on score. So whether or not Jota is going to start at all, um, I'm obviously keen for Jota to start a fair bit because he's my player. Um, but um, that's going to be interesting to see. And the other thing that would be interesting is the Liverpool midfield that actually started with Milner, Cater, and Oxlade-Chamberlain. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are pretty high on maybe this was going to be Thiago's season and maybe thinking that Liverpool needed to buy in the midfield. Um, but to start with Milner, Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain, we're interested to see if anyone's um, looking at maybe bringing in a Liverpool midfielder or maybe thinking of um, what the first selection is for that striking slot out of Jota or Firmino. I think with that as well, one thing I saw is Milner covered the most ground out of any player over this weekend in in football. Over 12.5 Ks, I think it was. Not bad for a 35-year-old. Secondly, I think I saw that on a, a Twitter account, Boring James Milner. If you get a chance, oh, follow it. It has some account. comedy gold. <laughs> he never misses an opportunity to uh, remind us just how boring he is. Um, and the, um, I suppose the other one is a Liverpool defence. I know a lot of people were trying to work out who Van Dyke's partner was going to be. Interesting that they started with Matip ahead of Gomez. Um, I don't think anyone has Matip in our league yet. Or um, Gomez, I don't think. No, so that'll be interesting. One, I, I think somebody did draft Gomez. Um, I can't. Yeah, um, I don't know. Somebody definitely drafted Van Dyke early, um, and he did look pretty good in his first match back. Really, um, no, so, Gomez is free. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. So I know. Um, I was another one with. I uh, had Samikas, and I was really um, happy to see him play and get the shutout. Look pretty good. So I'm obviously cheering for Robertson to stay out for as long as possible. So I've got a <laughs> defense. Which I know Dave will disappoint about because he has Robbo. Um, so we'll see how long that goes for. Um, I'm just looking at my data here. I think Robertson's projected back for maybe round five. So we'll see how that goes. No, fair enough. Look, talking about their midfield, Cater is a name that I like. Um, I know when he first got to Liverpool, he came with a raft of goals and assists from his previous club. So he's got the potential to be really attacking and and do some things that maybe their midfield hasn't done in previous seasons. But it just will depend on him getting a, a long-standing run in the team. You know, if Thiago... I think even if he, sorry, even man. if he does though, Isaac, I think he's likely to fill that Ginny Wijnaldum role. Um, I was always a massive fan of Wijnaldum as a player. Mm. not so much as a fantasy asset sitting in the hole behind that front three. They're going to provide the crosses for the assists as opposed to those balls coming through the midfield. So, yeah, I think it's a wait and see on Cater personally. Oh, absolutely. He's not someone I'd pick up um, without having a couple of 
good looks at him and, and seeing that the potential is there. And he'd need to be starting regularly as well. Um, so we'll just wait and see. Jota, hopefully, you know, for the rest of our sakes, doesn't continually start as a forward. Um, because, you know, after this week, and we'll get into that shortly with uh, Fernandez doing what Fernandez does, we don't need Gilbert to get any more points. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We've got a couple of games left to go through really quickly. We've got Newcastle, West Ham, another game that I watched, and it was actually a really, really good game. Um, Newcastle playing at home, um, put on a pretty good show and were really combative for the first half. Um, and then I think West Ham's quality sort of just shone through after that. Um, I was really happy seeing Ben Rama get an assist and a goal. That was excellent. Um, I'm hoping that his form continues, keeps on going with that trajectory from preseason. You know, Antonio for for Gilby is another great player. Um, But, you know, he'll break down in a couple of weeks. So, again, Gilby won't get those points, which is good. And uh, I think overall, if we look at judging by the draft so far, Wilson, having been picked, was it your last pick, Dave? Or was it your second last pick? Second last. Second last pick. He's the the pickup of the draft so far, considering he got that goal where St. Maximum just absolutely um, Left does rice what he does. spinning. Yes, literally spinning. Rice didn't know what he was doing. So that was a fantastic um, effort from, from St. Maximum. I think Ben has St. Maximum. Uh, Mick, that's right, yeah? So... Yeah. I'm sure he was pretty happy with that result too. Good game. Um, makes me think that Newcastle might be a bit more competitive than what I assume they might be at the start of the year, but we'll just have to wait and see how they progress. They've got Willett coming back, which is going to be a big pickup for them. And he was a fantastic point scorer at the end of the, the last season. So it'll be interesting to see if someone wants to pick him up. Um, he was a name that was on my list who I was considering for a, a cheeky last round pick, but um, he wasn't going to start the game week. So I thought better to better to wait so Dave are you a Willock fan are you going to go for him or uh, is he all mine uh, take him <laughs> I just wanted to make the quick point that yeah okay Newcastle looked good and quite attacking until West Ham came over the top of them but I have very little I have I have zero faith in Steve Bruce's ability to maintain that through the course of a season <laughs> and that's without even going into the politics within Newcastle <laughs> and what effect um, the fans turning on Mike Ashley may have on the team. Mm. I mean, what West Ham did is they they exposed their midfield. They're, they've got issues in their midfield big time that they need to address. They haven't got the players there to to really own the midfield and be able to hold on to the ball there. And, and West Ham were just able to pounce on anything loose and then get forward really, really quickly. And that's what they're going to do with Ben Rama. That's what they're going to do with Antonio. Um, and and because they've got Rice as a, as a holding mid, he's going to be able to shore up anything that happens if they lose the ball from there. So, you know, they're a good side. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with Europe this year. But um, they've they've done a good job in this very first game week. Um, and Gilby would have been happy with Antonio's points. Yeah, definitely happy with Antonio. Um, I, I really w- was not expecting him to be available when I took him. Um, but what I'd be interested to hear, um, you boys, um, your thoughts on, uh, do you think Lingard goes to West Ham still? No. No. I've seen some of their players put up on their like social media 
indicating he will, but who knows? I, I, mean, I reckon if he was going to make that move, it would have been made early in the transfer window, given the fact that he was there last season. But yeah, and given the well, fact that Newcastle, uh, oh yeah. sorry, given the fact that West Ham, I think previous to this haven't done really well in the transfer markets of old. So I'm not sure how willing they are to stump up the sort of money that maybe they need to to get him. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. Um, now, what I'm going to do, I reckon from here on through, because of the four of us, Mick is the only one who doesn't currently have a Premier League team. And we I, should remind him of that as well, much as possible. We're going to remind him of that every week because what I'm going to suggest is that he looks after the game of the week. So whatever game we think is going to be the best game of the week, he's the one that's going to report on that. And he's going to bring that. But I'm doing all the Watford games. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, fair call. (laughs) Fair call. Well, the second best game of the week. Um, Just so, Mick, I still want you to feel involved in this, you know, and I want you to maybe feel like that you're getting the pick of the games so that we're we're not leaving you out because you're not going to be able to. You're just trying to give me the. You're just trying to give me the 3 a.m. games, aren't you? That's all it is. You just want me to get up early in the morning and. I mean, there could be a part of that, and I'm sure fatigue will then affect your ability to manage your squad. So, you know, I'm looking we'll, for We'll get to myself. where I finish, but we, we'll get to where I finish. But do I really need any more? I, well, I, I drafted from eighth. Yes, that was my choice, and <laughs> I've had a fantastic start to the season. So, anyway. We'll uh, but yeah, top, top of Man City, last game. Um, I think pretty I relatively went as you would expect. It, one of two ways it was either going to be dominance from Man City or a sit back kind of park the bus hit on the counter and that's exactly what it was um, from what I've seen I mean I think Man City probably had the majority of the chances um, Tottenham had one Human Son does what Human Son does and had a small chance and took it pretty easily uh, made it look well well easier than it probably was um, I don't think there was too much else to really report first first game of Nuno pretty pretty good start I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, obviously, City, KDB didn't start. I think they kind of had um, Ferran Torres in the hole as the striker or Sterling kind of as a mm. rotating three with Mares out on the right. Yeah. Um, so I'd say out of those front three, probably only one of them is probably a guaranteed starter or should be in the starting three. Um, Sterling, Torres, yes, but rotation. Mares, brilliant preseason. Um, has carried it in somewhat, maybe not to the extent that they'd hoped. But I think, yeah, they created chances just as normal. They just don't have Aguero anymore. They just need a striker. And <laughs> interesting that Harry Kane wasn't in the squad at all. Um, obviously, they've said he was in quarantine and isolating. He wasn't at training. Um, lo- I'd love to know if, whether that was all put in there just to keep him out of the out of the squad, out of the match, um, or whether that was always the plan. But yeah, Dave. Uh, just on that, I think Tottenham have got a European game coming up and I saw a report that Kane has not travelled with them uh, earlier today, Australian time. So, yeah, we'll see what uh, comes of that. I mentioned last episode, I think Kane goes to City and I've got no reason to uh, change my thoughts on that. Um, also, you said that Son did what Son does and... What were your words? Uh, made it look easier than it was. I would argue that 
Edison possibly made it look easier than it was. Um, yeah, there were legs in the way, there were bodies in the way, but his feet were planted. There was no movement whatsoever. And yes, Son was my first round pick. Yes, I'm extremely happy that he scored the goal, but I would not be happy if I was owning Edison, which again, we spoke about could have been the case if Nathan agreed to uh, give me Edison. But yeah, I think I think it was more, Edison should have stopped it in my mind. And another name that popped up last week, or last week, last episode, when we were chatting about good picks and poor picks was, uh, I think it was Dan, which which round was it? Dan's seventh round pick of Bergwin. Now, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Gilby, can you maybe correct me on that one? How do we pronounce that one? Yeah, no, it's Bergwin. Oh, You're lovely. right. Very good. Um, didn't he get the assist? Did he get the assist? Did he actually score Dan some points, even though we absolutely smashed him for that pick? Is that right? Mitch? I mean, he did He did score the points, and I think Dan probably deserved the smashing. He got four <laughs> takes early. Um, he, did, like, he did get subbed off, though, after he provided yeah. that assist. Yeah, but, so like to me, like he's one of those players where I had him for a couple of weeks here and there last season when I thought the fixtures uh, suited him. And um, when I think Son was injured or away at the time, and I thought he may be worth a few points, but I mean, like he's going to, I mean, if something happens and Son maybe becomes their central striker, if Kane leaves and Bergwin starts, yeah, we, we may, it may look like a really good pick, but I think it's a, it was a massive reach. According to the stats, Bergwin had the second best chance of the game, which he obviously completely missed the target. Um, the only one that was better was Ferran Torres in the 70th off a set piece. So um, more than 50% of the time, apparently, he's meant to score that. So by the sounds of it, he was getting good positions, set up some goals. Maybe he's 60% not as bad as of the time, every time. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, I think that um, if anything, Tottenham have picked up a manager in Nuno who can get the best out of players in a squad. So I'm sure that, you know, you, if we look at Deli Ali, for example, I'm sure that he's going to be able to get something out of him. Bergwin probably going to be able to get something out of him. Lucas Moura going to be able to get something out of him. It's just a matter of how he arranges that team to do it on a consistent basis. But I feel like he's that type of manager who can do it. You know, Mourinho's not the type of manager that is going to be able to do that on a long-term basis. You, you sort of see how he interacts with the squad. But... Um, I think Nuno might be that man, Dave. He could be the guy. Yeah, and when we're thinking about fantasy and future weeks, if we want to make some changes here or there, I think you're right, Isaac, around Nuno getting the best out of that squad. Um, what he did with Wolves, they outperformed their squad, in my opinion. Um, but it, interestingly, he did bring on Doherty towards the end of that match, who he had at Wolves. Um, didn't get much run time under the last few managers. So it's going to be interesting to see if he starts getting increased minutes under Nuno. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, that is all of the, the game week one action. Uh, we've done a pretty good job getting getting through all of that. What we're going to do now is this is the this is sort of the drum roll section of, of this podcast. We want to see... Where everyone is standing in our league, um, see who did well, who did poorly. Uh, we'll chat through 
uh, our teams really, really quickly and just talk about maybe uh, what we were happy with and what maybe disappointed us with our selections. And uh, then we'll be able to move on from there. So what we might do is go from, uh, I think we go from bottom to top. I think that might be the best, best way to go. So that means we're going to start on 20 points was Dan. He is eighth thus far on our league. I'm just having a quick look at his team. I'm not sure if you guys are as well, but he just had a whole bunch of people who didn't get points. It's as simple as that. Um, and the man we spoke about before, Berglund, he was his highest point scorer, which is um, probably less than ideal. Uh, so I think that he's obviously waiting for Lukaku. He's putting a lot of chips in the Lukaku basket, but he just had a bunch of guys that didn't start Gilby, and I think that really cost him this round. Yeah, I mean, looking at his squad, unless Lukaku wins the golden boot and Sancho gets the most assists, um, he won't be finishing the top half. He yeah. needs to make some pretty quick. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll be in with that waiver, and I'm sure he will be in with some free agent picks. And uh, if he's not, Mick, you might need to get in his ear just to make sure that he does that. Um, Dave, what do, you, what do you think? Is is Dan going to be able to climb his way back up? Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to elaborate? No. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you say, there's there's a lot of zeros in his uh, team. So Bellerin, zero points. Ming, zero points. Um, and then, yeah, one point for James, um, Sancho, Jesus, Rodrigo, there's not a lot to write home there about there. Um, but what fills me with a huge amount of joy is not only did he only get 20 points, but he did leave Larice on the bench who scored 10. Ooh. So if he replaces Pope, that puts him up on 38 points, uh, which is the amount that I got. So, yeah, yeah I'm quite happy 20, for him to keep benching Larice. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. He's won 28 points. 28, sorry, you're but right. But still yeah. keeps him off the bottom. It does keep yeah. him off the bottom. We'll get into that shortly. I thought, I'm just looking at his team, Jorginho. I thought he got an assist in that Chelsea game, but obviously I, I um, obviously I'm thinking of somebody else. That's okay. Um, look, let's keep it going. So that was eighth at Dan, seventh. And I'm going to preface this one by just reminding Mick of a, uh, a message that he sent through um, after the first game of game week one, which basically was a screenshot showing him at the top with nine points after the first game saying, never looking back. How'd that turn out, Mick? I'm still not looking back. I'm still there. <laughs> um, it's just, we are down under, right? So it's bottom to top. Is that how it works? You go with that. You go with that. Uh, <laughs> how many points, Mick? And what were your takeaways? Yeah. I mean, I got 26. Um, had nine after that first game, so didn't really do much in the next nine games, averaging, what, two a game. So takeaways, I mean, Leicester got a clean sheet. Bertrand didn't play, got COVID, found out at the pregame conference. Um, Chelsea got a clean sheet. Chilwell didn't play. Alonso got in, got a free kick goal. Unfortunately, another zero. Uh, Ollie Watkins didn't play for Villa in a team that scored two. So, uh, yes, not Ideal, their replacements. I had three automatic subs come in. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So Bertrand, Chilwell, Watkins all went out. 
Rafinha came in for two points, I'm pretty sure, no, one point. Perot came in for Southampton, one point. Chris Wood came in for two points. So, I mean, it's not the original team I wanted because of injury, rotation, um, and illness, literally all three of those things. Um, so, yeah, not ideal. I think Luke Shaw only getting one in a team that scored five. Yes, I realize I've clean sheets gone, but I would have thought the attacking threat he provides, I would have hoped that in five goals he might get one. But, I mean, we all know Pogba won't get another four next time, so hopefully he gets one there. Um, Tierney, in a good, in against, well, hopefully they can pick up a little bit, put their two main strikers in. He creates enough, hopefully, for someone that can actually finish, they go in. Um, and I think Perot for Southampton, first game with the team, new striker coming in, picks up a little bit. Um, I rate Hausenhudel as a manager. He seems seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, but what I don't understand at the moment is their transfer window, their strategy. Um, seems a bit all over the shop, bringing people that no one's ever heard of in. But What strategy? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> so I think overall, just too many twos and ones. I mean, my first pick, or the two picks, uh, Sterling and Habits, three points between them, not ideal. Still uh, going to hang on to it. In terms of transfers this week, I'm not sure if we're going to do this separately, but I still don't know whether there's too much I'm really going to go with. I think a lot of it I might still hang around, wait and see. Um, if I do drop anybody, I think it's probably going to be Bertrand, purely because their um, matchups in the next couple of weeks aren't great. There's a few other Leicester defenders on the board um, and that Thomas did quite well from what I saw. So... He may not be a guaranteed starter, so it gives me a chance to bring another defender in. But I think I'm I'm willing to give everyone else another crack so far. No, fair enough. Look, there is no looking back for you, Mick. You've got to keep looking forward. I think... I think based on your team, there is some upside with some of those players there. So I'm just hoping for your sake that, you know, they... Get the minutes for you and get you some more points. That would be really good. So 26 for, for Mick in seventh. Uh, moving up the ladder to sixth, we have Dave on 38 points, which he mentioned before. Dave, what was the good, what was the bad, and what was the ugly of your round week? Uh, I'm quite happy, actually. I know I'm down in sixth, but it's early days, and I didn't really have anyone that did anything out of the... Unexpected. So, Are you sure? I'm looking at a particular name here with minus one. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. <laughs> um, so Isaac's talking about uh, Furpo, the Leeds defender, and obviously he got uh, on the wrong end of Pogba and Bruno, but that's going to happen every now and then. Um, the thing about Furpo is I'm not getting rid of him. I have faith in Bielsa's defenders, uh, but I had nowhere else to move. Um, as mentioned, I've got Robertson. We know he's injured, but I'm not going to ship him out. I'm going to just ride that uh, injury until he comes back um, and then hopefully reap the rewards. Uh, I also had Verane, who wasn't in the game yet. So the way that amongst ourselves we decided to deal with that was when we went through our draft, I would just draft a player we knew was not going to be available for the current game week. So I drafted Fafana, knowing he was out injured, um, along with Robertson. That meant that I had to play Furpo against Manchester United, which if I had uh, another bench defender, 
I would have put in instead. So um, not ideal, but it was a risk I was willing to take uh, and did so. Um, Alexander Arnold, another shutout. Hyunming Song. Uh, I was, yeah, stoked that he picked up 10 points. Um, I wasn't expecting a huge return against City, but they weren't as good as I expected. Um, Sushek picked up a goal for West Ham, and we mentioned earlier Wilson. So, yeah, I'm I'm not um, dissatisfied with any of that, really. Even the Furpo uh, minus one, you're going to get them occasionally, and he's still available for me next week. It's not like it's a minus one from a red card. Uh, so, yeah. It's it's onwards and upwards. Um, in terms of what Mick said, uh, he mentioned some trades he, he's not likely to make. Um, obviously, Varane's in the team now, so I'll pick him up through the free agency uh, for Fafana. Uh, and I do have another trade that I'm likely to make. Would you want uh, to give and, us a hint? Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to tell you guys who it is and yeah given the fact that Mick's the only one here that's picking before me um, I picked up Henderson the Man U goalkeeper with my very last pick uh, knowing that that was a risk and that if he didn't get the nod ahead of De Gea I'm prepared to ship him out straight away and there's still a handful of keepers that are available that are first choice so I just need to decide which one. Oh, fair enough. Gilby, you are as positive of Dave's game week than Dave seems to be with his game week. Um, well, I only had two questions for Dave. Um, I know. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people um, were not happy at all with Ben White's performance in the Arsenal defence. Um, so my first one was... Um, does Dave still have faith in White and the Arsenal defence? And my second one would be um, he's going to have to ride the rotation with Grealish and um, Pep's rotation. And I saw that Grealish only netted him one point with a yellow card and nothing else. So is he pro- is he happy with both White and Grealish for the long term? Uh, Grealish, yes. You draft him knowing that he's going to pick up yellow cards. That's what he does. And you draft Man City midfielders knowing you're going to have to deal with rotation. So it would be hypocritical of me to now ship him out or think about trading him out, given the fact I drafted him in the first place under those assumptions. Uh, As for Ben White, that was more just trying to have some Arsenal coverage. No, I've never had faith in Arsenal defence, but when he's a record signing, there's a good chance that he's going to be fairly nailed on there. Um, Yeah, I'll give it a few weeks. I'm prepared to get rid of him after he's had a bit of a run to bet himself into a new team. Um, But yeah, we'll see what the next few weeks bring. Very nice. So we'll move on to the fifth place which is Nathan. And I'm actually, I'm sure he's pretty stoked with that considering uh, I'm not sure we spoke too much about it last year, but uh, uh, last podcast, but uh, Nathan was 
perpetually last uh, in the majority of game weeks. So he's he's risen the ranks to fifth this game week, which he must be pretty happy with. We've forty points, so two points ahead of Dave. Um, Mick, what do you what do you think? Are you looking at his squad? Are you positive that he can have a pretty good season? Or I mean, Nathan's prone to a explosion, so it'll happen at some point. But I think the big thing I wanted to put up with this is you mentioned it on the pod last time the the Kane Firmino mishap of the draft night. Oh yeah. Now Nathan got forty points, but he should have had another striker in the team instead of Ben Takeo on his bench. So it should have been higher than that. So. Yes, he got fifth with 40. I don't think it actually changed his standing. He still drafts from the same position in the waivers, everything like that. But yeah, it should have been about 40, 46, I think. I think Firmino got five or six points. So just something to keep in mind. Jimenez wouldn't have come in. So yeah, a little bit better even than what he did, which just makes my performance even worse. Did, did we speak in detail about what actually happened with that? In the last podcast, we didn't. So I don't think we did, Myself, no. Dave and Gilby, we were there with him when it happened. Now, just... To set the scene, when we draft, we draft through a spreadsheet. So we didn't didn't actually use the official fantasy draft um, app to do our draft. We did it with a spreadsheet. Reason being, um, we can put breaks in where we want to put breaks in. Um, we can be a bit more liberal with some of our drafting time. So we, we enjoy that. We have a good time and we've done that for a long time. So after doing that, after doing it in Excel, we then said, okay, well, what we're going to do, we're going to then put the players that we've selected for our squads in our watch lists. We will start the draft in the, the uh, official app. We'll set it to the minimum amount of time possible and it'll just run through that draft automatically. And um, look, I'm going to, I'm going to throw to Gilby here. Gilby, what happened at that point uh, with poor old Nathan? What, why did he not have Firmino in his game week one squad? Um, well, I think we're keeping this a PG podcast at the moment, mm. but there Retive uttered, um, and he more or less had to admit to the fact that he'd somehow accidentally drafted Kane, who he never had in his team. And then he, we were trying to work out a way to override that. And at first, it came to an offer of potentially having to rerun the entire draft. And I think Ben was picturing strangling Nate because he looked like he wanted to go to sleep about an hour before the finish of the draft. So that got quickly overruled, and the, the consequence was that Nate would have to cop a week of playing Benteke in his squad, and he'd have to fix it next week. Yeah, so that definitely um, hindered his chances of moving even further up the table, which he potentially could have if he'd maybe made out a few selections as well, maybe edged his way forward a little bit further. But that'll be sorted out this week. He'll have Firmino back, who will probably go on to not score any points for the next four game weeks. So, hey, let's just wait and see how that goes. Um, Richarlison got 11 points for him. Pulisic got eight. They were his heavy hitters. De Bruyne came off the bench for one, which is a good sign for his team. Regulon got seven points, so clean sheet shutout against City, which got him netted him some good points as well. Um, I'm looking at his team, and with De Bruyne coming back and with Firmino coming in, it it looks like he has the chance to pick up some decent points across the season, barring injury, of course. But it looks a little bit better than some of his last few teams. So, you know, I've, I've got a bit of hope there that he can maybe maintain that uh, position. And I'm sure he's keen to maintain that position as well. Um, so if we keep moving up, we then have Jeff. 
Jeff in fourth on 49 points for this game week. So he's done a pretty good job. Hasn't quite cracked the half ton, but um, considering he didn't have any points off his bench, Cavani didn't play, Stones didn't play, um, I think his saving grace there was obviously Salah, who he picked up in his first draft pick. So considering those those players did not net him any points. He's done remarkably well to to get in fourth spot there. Um, you'd hope he he's going to hope that some of those people play. You'd think Stones had come back in um, because uh, Ake didn't look the best. Um, but just looking at his bench as well, Lacazette. Who knows if he's going to come back in? Walker will probably be rotated somewhat, but you'd think that he would play the vast majority of games. So there's potential there for his team, for him to score some more points, but Salah's going to be his big go-to. If Salah's not firing, then it may become a little bit difficult, but, hey, that could be said for for any of our first-round draft picks. Uh, Anything more to add to um, Jeff's game week, guys? Is there anything that sort of uh, was of interest there, or are we happy to move on? Well, I know that Jeff is looking at at least one transfer because um, when I first looked at his squad, he has four Manchester City players, um, which is always going to be a little risky given the amount of rotation we've spoken that's about. That's classic Jeff, though. He likes to draft those top teams and get as many in as possible. And that's what's won him yes. two times previous to, to you know. So we'll and that's see. exactly what he has this year. He's got three Liverpool, four City, two Man U, to Leicester, and then you've got uh, West Ham. Uh, sorry, an extra menu that I missed on the bench with De Gea. Um, extra uh, West Ham and Leeds. So re- really can't blame it if he's going for the big teams. It's going to work out well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's just see how it plays out for him. I think it'll be that one. Oh, Dave loved that one. I'm glad. I'm glad. We'll use that a few more times, Dave. Um, so then we've got in third place on 52 points is me. So I've been able to jump up into third there, which I'm pretty happy with for the first game week, considering Mane didn't really do anything, got his clean sheet bonus. That was about it. Ings got a really, really lucky penalty in the, like the seventh minute of injury time. So he was, um, I was incredibly lucky getting seven points there. Ben Rama, who I picked to have a really good season, came out up, up trumps for me, which was really pleasing. Uh, and Greenwood, who I picked out of position and was pretty confident he'd play as a forward, had a pretty decent finish in the end. Um, his finishing is is pretty nice. So that was a, a really good goal, and I'm happy that he netted me eight points there. Mendy for Chelsea, I was pretty confident that poor old Palace, my club, weren't going to trouble the score sheet with that game. So all in all, I'm pretty pretty happy um, with my my efforts. It, Bamford, you know, I, I would hope that he'd get a few more points, but bursting Man U who are on fire, I, I you know, can't can't worry too much. He'll have his time. Uh, and I suppose it's just going to wait and see. I, I guess my only worry is I'm not too sure, apart from maybe Mane and Bamford, I'm not too sure if there's too much more I could get out of this particular squad. It'll just depend on fixtures, I guess, but we'll just have to wait and see and see what I do from there. Um, 
look, Gilby, your name hasn't come up yet in terms of uh, being in the bottom half of the table, so obviously you're above me. What what pointers could you give me? Because uh, I'm obviously in need of some pointers right now. That'd be great. I think your, t- your team's very solid. Like, on paper, I had you ranked in the top three at the end of the season, um, so I think you'll definitely be fine there. Um, the only the main question I had for you is around one of um, my Manchester United Academy boys, Greenwood. Mm. Um, are you planning on sticking with him once Rashford returns? Um, do you think he starts enough to justify a place in your squad? Um, or are you planning on potentially transferring him out? Well, for me, it's him and Torres are the two rotation risks that I have in the midfield. And so, you know, if I look at my other midfielders, I'm pretty confident that they're going to be okay. Barnes is obviously still coming back off an injury, but he, he's starting at the moment and he's a big part of that team and what they do. Um, so two risks there. I suppose at the end of the day, I'll have to just wait and see with Rashford coming back, how they decide to play, where Sancho and, and Rashford fit in, whether they're going to play one of those two, up, or Rashford most probably up the middle, if out of those two at all. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully can bag a ton of goals and just be lock, but um, it's going to depend on how much time they give Cavani as well, how much game time they give him in the following few game weeks. I'm not opposed to trading them out. It's going to depend on what's available, and it's going to depend on whether I can potentially trade Greenwood with another manager, maybe a manager who absolutely loves Man United and would be happy to take him for someone, let's say, you know, their second or third draft pick. You know, that that could be on the cards, Gilby. I don't know. Sorry, for those fans out there, I'm, I'm talking about Gilby here. <laughs> well, I mean, potentially if you're prepared to swap rotation risks, we could maybe look at Jota. Ooh, that is tempting. That is tempting. That is very tempting. I think... I'd have to think about that one a little bit harder and think who I think is l- of the rotation risk has the less rotation risk. Um, that could be an interesting one. We might revisit that maybe uh, in a couple of podcasts time once we understand a little bit more about how they're going to play. Um, guys, we'll move on. We are now at the number two pick or the number two uh, second place in our ladder. And that goes to Ben. Now, Ben in the past has had some pretty good game week results. He scored some pretty high points here and there, and he's managed to get himself 62 points, mostly off the back of Pogba, who, as we, I think, all say, you know, we, we're pretty sure that he has um, overreached there in terms of, or overachieved in terms of his, his assists. The one contentious item here is Firmino, seven points sitting in his team, who actually isn't his player. So that's a bit of uh, something we might have to decide how we address. Mick, I don't know how, what your thoughts are there. How do we address that one with Firmino coming in for seven points? Personally, I'm all for that wasn't his fault. As far as I'm concerned, he gets to keep those points. Um, I don't think, and at the end of the day, I don't think come 38 rounds, five points is going to make a difference. If it is, this is going to be a cracking season. Uh, but yeah, in terms of his team, you look at it, <clears throat> Pereira, Pogba, um, both good scorers. Obviously, Firmino, not actually his. St. Maximum uh, and Cresswell, good mount as well. So I think the big thing, and I've been speaking about it earlier today, is, uh, and Dave just mentioned, sent through a message that Aaron Ramsdale is just he's going for his medical right now. So Ben Southampton fan found out that a good rotation is Arsenal and Southampton for their goalkeepers. 
So he's got Leno and Forster. Forster wasn't picked. McCarthy was. Seems like Leno's about to get dropped for Ramsdale, so we could have no goalkeepers out how here. Is, so. How is Ramsdale better than Leno? I don't know. Ramsdale did have a pretty good season for Sheffield United, but when you're getting pumped that often, you're going to make a few saves. Exactly. So maybe that's all it is, but I'd, I'd still... They've never seemed that set on Leno. So even when Matty Ryan was there last year, he obviously didn't get many league matches, um, but in the cup had a few. And I saw a lot of uh, fans out there saying, or give him a run in the league as well. But just uh, as much as I, I I had Leno last year and he did pretty well for me, um, I think Ramsdale might be a better pure shot stopper. That, that's my opinion. I don't know if Dave has a different... Dave, tell me that's not true. Oh, I don't know. I've got no opinion on Leno and <laughs> Ramsdale. Um, okay, we'll no, shoot. I just wanted to be quiet then. No, that's that's fine. No, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, just shut up. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that, um, as I mentioned at the very start of this episode, we've had a few different variations on how we've run our draft and our points and our systems, and we're still not a hundred percent sure how we're going to do our point scoring system overall this year. So we're obviously using the official fantasy points for each individual player points. But we haven't decided if we're just going to run it, you know, start to finish most points wins or whether we're going to do a scoring system where the most points for a round gets eight, next one down gets seven, six, five, down to one, etc. cetera. Um, if that's how we end up going, which is what we've done in recent years, and we take off Firmino's seven points, uh, it doesn't actually change Ben's overall position. He's still in second for the round, would still get seven points if that's the way we end up going. So, yeah, just wanted to throw that in. No, that's fair enough. And look, the last thing I'll say about Ben's team, the more I look at it, I'm, I start to get a little bit more worried because obviously... Actually... He's got Kane coming in. So obviously Kane is probably going to score a bunch of points. But when I start looking at his forwards and midfielders in particular, St. Maximin had a good round. He's looking really good, by the way. Um, as soon as you start getting into his mids, though, it starts to look a little bit thin, especially with some rotation risk with Bowden. Um, Armstrong, who I like as a player, but I'm just not sure about game time. Pogba. I have spoken to Ben. And Armstrong probably won't be there for very long. Yeah, that's just going to throw that out there. That's fair enough. And Pogba's... obviously, it depends what other managers take first because yeah. Ben will have the seventh on the waiver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like Armstrong's chances of uh, seeing a second chance. Yeah. And Zaha, as we're transitioning as Crystal Palace, I don't know how well he's going to go. The team, just in general, they've got really tough fixtures for the first part of the season as well. Pogba's not going to get four assists every week. Mount, Mount's a good shout, absolutely. Um, but yeah, just a bit worried about his depth there as mid. So he's obviously going to be addressing that, which is good. And, you know, when beautiful segue, when we're talking about depth of mids, um, Gilby on top, 86 points. Um, I'm pretty certain that you've got one standout mid. Do you have the depth in your mids to, to carry you through the season? I think I do, um, considering what I've um, picked up. But again, I mean, like looking across the board, um, I had shutouts for all of my defenders. Um, so really happy with that. The only person who didn't was Roberto Sanchez and goal for Brighton. 
Um, and Tarkowski came off the bench when Aubameyang was ruled out for another shutout for Burnley. Uh, not the shutout. Uh, he scored the goal for Burnley. Um, so I got um, uh, 24 points from my defenders, which was really good. Obviously, Fernandez was my first pick of the draft and a hat-trick in 20. Um, Jota and Saar both got attacking returns as well. Uh, Calvert-Lewin and Antonio up front with um, goals. Um, so like the only midfielder or attacker that didn't score big points for me was Thielmans. And I never really picked him with that in mind. I picked him to be my, um, anchor of the midfield to play. that be that player who's going to play every week. And I mean, I'm, couldn't be happier with how my round went, obviously. Um, particularly given that I still have Aubameyang and Rashford to add to that team. Um, so I'm really happy with how it went. No, that's fair enough. Look, I'm. The more and more I look at your team, the more and more I start to get a little bit frightened that you have done extremely well in your draft, which you obviously are certain that you've done well in your draft. Only thing I'd say, though, there for me, there's a bit of risk there just with your just with your forwards in particular. So Antonio, he's likely to break down. Um, I would be really surprised if he doesn't break down at some point. Um, Calvert-Lewin had a really good start to the first half of the season last year. If he does that again, how confident are we that, you know, he's going to be able to continue it? And Aubameyang, well, you know, he could just continually be sick for the next five game weeks and uh, may not make the pitch. So that's one area that I'm a little bit uh, concerned with for you, I guess. But all in all, you had a great game week. Um, Obviously, your Liverpool back is going to be someone you're going to have to consider getting out at some point in time. Um, but overall, yeah, cracker, cracker of a game week. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're ahead early and hopefully for our sakes that doesn't continue, but we'll just have to wait and see. I, th- I think the big thing for me is, yes, that it's a good-looking team, but I think particularly for this week, every single player hit. That's not going to happen every week. And I think you're aware it's not going to happen every week. Out of that defence, though, yeah, you're probably at least going to have one or two. Um, in saying that, I hope the exact opposites for mine. I can't miss every week, can I? I probably um, can, and I probably will, but sure. Nathan not. missed every week last year, so it's possible. I'm, it's scary that I'm getting compared to Nathan after one week. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit, but hey, uh, fingers crossed you, you don't have to get used to it, but... Uh... We'll just wait and see. So, guys, really, really quickly, if um, if we just maybe have a look at the game week coming up. Now, we don't need any in-depth analysis, but what I might get from each of you is uh, one game, one fixture that you like the look of where you think there's going to be a bunch of points scored. Um, it could be for various reasons, but uh, we've got Liverpool v. V Burnley, we've got Aston Villa v Newcastle, we've got Palace v Brentford, Leeds versus Everton, Man City versus Norwich, Brighton versus Watford, Southampton versus Man United, Wolves versus Spurs, Arsenal versus Chelsea, a lovely London derby there, and West Ham versus Leicester. Um, I'm going to throw over to Dave. Is there one fixture there that you just think is a tasty, tasty option for maximum fantasy points? What do you got? Don't say Watford. Yeah, I. No, I mean, I do love the matchup against Brighton, um, but if I'm looking at that fixture list and you ask me to pick out one game 
to watch for pure entertainment value. And that obviously usually relates to attacking returns. Uh, I'm looking at Leeds Everton. That's that's juicy. That's both sides um, with an attacking mindset. Ricky from Rio's in great form. Calvert Lewin, as Gilby just mentioned, just scored the goal. You know that the Leeds defenders aren't going to sit back, uh, especially at Elland Road. They're going to go out there. They're going to want to uh, attack, put on a show for their fans back in the stadium for the first time this um, in quite a while, and obviously put the Man U result behind them. So I think, yeah, both teams there um, – are going to be worth watching. I'm looking forward to that one. Very nice. Now, Gilby, can I predict what you're going to say? Go right ahead. Do you, do you think I'm thinking that? And I actually, I actually think this is going to be a massive point scoring game. But I'm thinking that Man U Southampton uh, is going to be a lot of points there for hopefully the right players, um, i.e. Greenwood in my team. But you know, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, obviously, um, really hoping that they can continue against the Southampton defence uh, and midfield that looks pretty porous at the moment. Um, so really keen on Manchester United going well there. As far as like general fantasy, I know that there's going to be several, well, basically nearly everyone that has some kind of Manchester City players in their um, team that are going to wake up on Sunday morning and check and either cheer or curse Pep because Man City hosts Norwich, which you would think they're going to score goals, but the problem is which Man City players are going to score goals. So that's the thing where do you start someone that didn't play well in their first up loss? If so, like Dave in Grealish's case, all right, is he going to stick? He's probably going to have to start Grealish, but he's just as likely to start and score two or three as he is to come off the bench in the 70th minute and score one. So, and get another yellow card. Yep, yep. That's to me is the really interesting one. And then, of course, the other one that stands out to me is Arsenal hosting Chelsea. So if Arsenal get pumped again and Aubameyang is mysteriously ill again, um, then that's going to lead to some repercussions across a number of different teams, I think. Um, and Chelsea, it's always interesting to see which team Tuchel comes out with because he's turning out to be a bit of pep with the rotation as well. So I know like where the, like the wingbacks, he constantly rotates. I know Mick will be keen to see if Havertz starts. Um, so there's, those are the two fixtures that really stand out to me. That's going to have repercussions across the league. Very nice. Now, Mick, I know you're really keen, but I'm going to leave you to last because yours is the all important game of the week. doesn't matter what we say, because yours is the game that you have to watch because your beloved West Brom aren't in the league. So that's the game you're going to adopt for the week. So that's important. It could it could be one that's already been spoken about. That's fine. But I'm going to leave you to last. You're going to be you're going to you're going to anchor our discussion. Um I'm going to go with I'm going to go with West Ham Leicester. I reckon that's going to be a cracker of a game. I think that both teams um, play really well and have a distinct style that I think against each other could be really interesting to watch. I think there's potential for lots of points there, just the way and the players that both of those teams have as well. Um, I'm invested in both of those teams, obviously. I want my players who are in those teams to do well, but I think that's actually going to be a really good game. So I'd be keen to see how that one goes out. Okay, Mick, hit us with it. What, which is the game of the week? 
I'll premise it with, like Gilby said, I thought, well, actually, I don't know if he did say it, but Southampton Menu, I think Menu, there's a solid chance. Um, if you go to this last time those two team met, there was just a casual nine goals, nine uh, nil to Menu. I wouldn't put it past that happening again. Um, there's there could be a lot of goals in that game. Um, that's not the game of the week, though. Ooh. I think I think in terms of the best quality, and I think the best and most watchable game. Um, was probably going to be Chelsea Arsenal, but my pick for I think fantasy wise, like Dave said, attacking players, attacking team hasn't been spoken about yet. Aston Villa Newcastle, purely because two teams can't defend and they've got good strikers, goals galore. So I think that's that's a good game to watch. Um, Saint Maximum, Callum Wilson, Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins, Callum I Wilson mean, again. Yep. And then yeah, another one from Callum Wilson, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, that could be a hell of a game to watch as well. So um, Aston Villa didn't obviously play that well. I mean, they lost to Watford. So um, And Newcastle, I think, conceded four to West Ham. West Ham obviously played pretty well. They could be a formidable team this year. Um, but Newcastle still put up two in a game that they conceded four in. So I think they're a team that will score. Um, and I yeah, just don't trust that pretty much either of those two teams are going to defend very well. Oof. There's the bold prediction. I'm I'm keen to see. I, I would love for this one to be a nil or draw. And Mick just spent his 90 minutes hoping, hoping that there's at least one goal, goal scored. You, I watch West Brom. I'm accustomed to nil or draws. <laughs> I'm used to them. Absolutely, Gilby. Do you think he's picked the right the right fixture? Yeah, well, I mean, I know like Mick loves his stats. So just looking at my fixture difficulty tracker, it's a bit of a custom one. Um, that I found on a website I like. But according to this, um, uh, the Aston Villa attackers are projected to be the second most valuable this round behind Manchester United. Um, And in third place is Manchester City. So they're projecting that the Aston Villa attackers are worth an average of 13.3 points this week. So whether or not that pays out and Ings and Watkins have a day out, possibly, um, but that's something we'll have to see. Wow. Mick, you must be pretty happy with that. No research. I came up with that myself. <laughs> well, let's wait and see how that uh, plays out. Like I said, I just hope it's a nil or draw because I, I just want to picture you sitting there just willing something to happen, just anything. What time does that one kick off here in Australia? When, when are you going to be? Or you can always do the replay, I guess, but come on. This I believe is the game it's of the midnight. Week. It's it's Midnight. one of the uh, bulk games right in the middle of the night. So uh, it, it's been a hidden away there. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, I think that's enough for this particular podcast. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how game week two plays out. Can anyone catch Gilby? Uh, can Mick climb his way out of the hole that he seems to be in? Um, will Dave actually beat me in a game week? Who knows? Um, he's pretty confident, but I'm not. So, guys, thank you very much. Thanks for being with us again this week or this this episode, boys. Much appreciated. Uh, any final words or are we uh, happy to finish up? Just I think we'll get better at keeping these a bit shorter, but we'll get there. Hey, it's shorter than the last one. So if we keep on tracking the way we hey, are. That's a win. That's yep. a win. If, if we keep tracking this way, eventually we'll be able to finish a podcast in about you know 30 seconds. It's the it's the perfect length. You can put it on for a match of football, 90 minutes, and you're done. That is perfect, which you will probably have to do when you're watching Aston Villa play. More entertaining than that game, isn't it? It could very well be. Dave, what have you got for us? 
Uh, we now have a Twitter account. So for the one person, mum, hi, um, <laughs> out there that's listening, uh, feel free to add us and interact with us. So it's at drafting underscore dregs. Very nice. And look, we'll probably have to put that at the beginning of the podcast next time as well, because I'm sure there's, you know, for the two people that are listening to this, they might have not got to the end. So, you know, we'll, we'll do it at the start next time too, Dave, if you could just uh, remind me of that. Just, uh, you know, we might be able to pick up one or two new followers from it. So we'll see how we get on. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, guys. Uh, and we will see you next week. Cheers, boys. See ya.